Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. What a sweet spirit of worship in this place. The worship team just ministered something. And they said, King of glory, fill this place. The book of Psalms, chapter 24, it says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, O everlasting doors. And then the Bible says, and the King of glory shall come in. And the Bible says, who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. I don't know what you're going through, but if we can get ourselves in a posture of worship, the Bible says the King of glory shall come in. And here's the good news. He's strong and mighty. He's mighty in battle. There's no battle that you're facing that the Lord is not greater than. That's good news to me. Somebody put that in the comment box. King of glory, come in this place. Oh, Father, we thank you, God, for your presence in this place. We thank you that you're the king of glory. We can lift up our heads for the king of glory has come in this place. Oh, that's good news to me. That's good news. I want to thank my wife publicly for her prayers. I feel strengthened even the more as a result of her prayers. I also want to thank you who've joined us this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. I know I should have been in worship, but yeah, I was in worship and on Facebook, y'all. I seen many of you chiming in and commenting. I'm so grateful for your faithfulness. Even in the midst of all that's going on, God's people have remained faithful. I want you to go with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I've been on this series, as my wife has declared, this series on faith called To Him who believes. And I talked um, and I ministered from this, the substance of faith. And I talked about the seed of faith. And I want to continue in that vein this morning. James chapter 1, I want to look at verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to be reading the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible declares that James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. He says, greetings. I want you to know the t- tr- of the tr- 12 tribes, that's me and you, that, that those are believers. Then he says in verse number two, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But watch what verse number four says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. 
I want to read verses 2 through 4 again. My brethren, count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Wherever you are, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning, his sovereign will for faith. His sovereign will for faith. I told you that I ministered from this thought, the, the substance of faith. I talked about last week, the seed of our faith. And this week, I want to talk about his sovereign will for our faith. And hear this, faith is not simply personal in the life of a believer, but faith is providential in the life of a believer. I'm going to go somewhere. I want you to stay with me. In other words, many believers approach faith in this way, with the means of fulfilling their personal will for their lives but watch this God uses faith to manifest his will not ours y'all gotta stay with me too many people and believers approach faith in this sense that we want our own will to be manifested by faith but watch this God uses faith only to manifest his will and not ours watch what Romans 12 and 3 declares it reminds us that it is the Lord that dispenses faith. It says that he gives to every man this measure of faith. And if, if, if it's the Lord that dispenses faith, then it's, watch this, it has to be the Lord's design and desire for our faith. If, if he's going to dispense it, then watch this, God has charge over the design and desire for our faith. Therefore, as we traverse this journey, what we call faith, we must always seek the Lord's desire for faith to be manifested in our lives. I know you got some personal desires. I know you got some things that you want the Lord to do. I get all of that. But watch this. We've got to seek his will and his will alone. And herein lies one of the reasons that many believers, watch this, find ourselves discouraged in faith. We find ourselves uh, disappointed in faith. And even times we find ourselves defeated in faith because we eagerly watch this, waited for our will to be manifested and not is. Because anytime you lean and wait on your will to be manifested in faith and not his, you will always find yourself disappointed. Always find yourself discouraged. And watch this, always find yourself defeated. What do I mean? Many of us waiting in faith for their money to be manifested. Your will for money. Waiting in faith for their will for ministry to be manifested. You think that God has called you to the nations. And watch this, he's called you to the street corner. And waiting in faith for their will for marriage to be manifested. Maybe God says you're not ready for marriage right now. And hear this, ultimately waiting in vain. Because you're waiting on your will and not his. Leaving believers discouraged, disappointed, and defeated. And, and here's the reason I want you to know why it's not so good to get caught up in waiting on your will and not his by faith. Watch what Proverbs 19:21 declares. If you're taking notes, I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21. The Bible says many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord purpose that prevails. The Lord has a sovereign will for faith, and his sovereign will will always prevail. This is why it's important for every believer to have the right perspective of faith. 
Because if not, the Lord's purpose for faith in our lives will never be fulfilled. Did y'all hear what I just said? If I never get the right perspective of faith, if I never wait and, and, and eagerly anticipate God's will to be manifested as a result of faith in my life, my faith, watch this, in waiting will always be in vain. And that per perspective includes understanding the Lord's sovereign will for faith in our lives. What do I mean? We have to ask ourselves, what is the Lord's purpose for faith in my life? That, that's a critical question I got to ask myself. And not only that, what purpose is birth as a result of faith? Did y'all hear what I just said? Because watch this, God has a purpose for faith in my life and something is birth in my life as a result of faith. Because there's a purpose for faith and there's purpose found in faith. But we need to acknowledge and accept God's sovereign will for faith in order for that purpose to be manifested. And this is where I believe we find ourselves in our text this morning. Uh, the Apostle James in our foundational text this morning acknowledges and accepts the Lord's will for faith in his life. Admonishing all believers to do likewise. I want you to know God has a purpose for our faith. Before we examine God's will for faith, it's important to note this concerning verse one of our foundational text. I want you to see something in verse number one. James calls himself a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then watch what James says. He says this message is for the 12 tribes. In other words, God's sovereign will for faith is reserved for believers and believers alone. The only way that I'll ever see purpose in faith manifested in my life is if I'm a believer. Many folk got faith, but if you don't have, if you're not a believer, that purpose will never be manifested. Because watch this, we're, we're called to be yoked to the Lord's word, yoked to his work, and yoked to his will, bond servants. Therefore, the sovereign will for God, for our faith, is only reserved for believers. It's a reserved will. And it's my desire this morning to reveal the Lord's reserved and sovereign will for faith in the life of, a, of believers so that we might receive what the Lord wants to do in us, through us, and for us by faith. So here's what I want us to do. Let's examine our text. I want you to look at verse number two. Verse number two says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I said this last week, but it bears repeating. Whenever it's faith that is the will of God, you will always and you need to always expect warfare. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever I'm operating in faith, that is the will of God, I, will sh I should always expect warfare. Therefore, if you're unwilling, watch this, to encounter resistance, then you will be unable to receive the Lord's will for your faith. Here's the first thing I want you to know. The Lord's will for your faith is that you encounter resistance. I know we don't like that. We don't want God to give us no level of resistance while we're operating in faith. God, you told me to operate in faith. God, you told me to have a mustard seed. And God's will, watch this, is that we encounter resistance. No, notice what our foundational text says. The Bible says, 
Count it all joy. I got to get happy. Watch this. When you fall into various trials. So this means when we choose to walk in faith and by faith, it's not whether we will encounter resistance, but it's when. Did y'all do y'all see what it takes us? The Bible says count it all joy when. Somebody put that in the comment box. Just put that word when for me. It's not whether you will, will encounter resistance. It's when. And the problem with too many believers is that we fall out of the race of faith when we encounter resistance. And God says, watch this, James says, you need to expect it. Our faith even, watch this, some of us, we, it, we don't even, even get to the place where resistance comes. We fall out of the race at the sign of resistance. Uh, our faith fails at the thought of a bill. Y'all know how some folk fall out when they know a bill on the way. The bill ain't even get your way. It, it ain't even a due date and you fall out of faith. Our faith fails at the rumors of the layoff. You don't know. God, watch this. God may, might be covering you. And we, our faith fails. And our faith fails, watch this, at the mention of a disagreement. I'm going to say this because I'm, I'm open and I know my wife is probably listening. She tell me to keep her out of my messages, but she makes for good content. We, we, we had a disagreement this morning, but it did not, watch this, cause our faith to fail. She could have been up here any kind of way, but she worshiped through even at the sign of a disagreement. Uh, and watch this. All of this is resistance. Why is facing, watch this, these encounters of resistance so significant to our faith? Somebody may be saying, well, God, you told me to walk in faith. Why is it necessary for me to encounter resistance? Because if resistance is the Lord's will, we never, and if we never face resistance, then we will never, watch this, encounter the Father. I've got to face resistance so that I might encounter the Father. Oh, stay with me. This is why Paul admonished Timothy with these words in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. I want y'all to take notes. Whoever's, put that in the comment box for me. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Notice what Paul tells Timothy. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Because there will always come a time when your faith will be confronted. And therefore, we have to contend for our faith. I I don't want to be a believer that I never have to fight for my faith. At some point in this journey called life, watch this, with, with all that transpired in 2020, some folk, and I promise you, we had to fight for our faith. It didn't always look good. It didn't always feel good. It didn't, we thought that this thing would never end and you had to fight for your faith. Uh, we encountered resistance. And watch this, a faith that you do not have to fight for is a faith that is not from the Father. Did you hear what I just said? If you have a faith that you don't have to fight for, that's a faith that is not from the Father. Watch this. Noah's faith was met with disregard. The people ignored his warning of the flood. Ah, so, so even Noah's faith was met with disregard. Moses' faith, watch this, was met with disdain. Pharaoh rejected his plea to let um, the children of Israel go. And even Jesus' faith was met with denial. The Pharisees said he was not of God. If I'm going to have faith that is from the Father, I've got to expect the fight. Somebody put that in the comment box, expect the fight. And the reason why we got so many believers that are so soft, that fall out of anything, is because you don't know how to fight for your faith. 
Oh, we've got to learn how to fight, y'all. And listen, I'm a little bit, I, I, I'm a little bit hood, y'all. I done got, I, I done been delivered. I, we knew how to fight when we were younger. But it seemed like once we get saved, we act like we don't know how to fight. No, you got sometimes you've got to fight for your faith. Huh? And watch this. They all moved in faith as a result of a word from the Lord. Noah moved in faith because of a word. Moses moved in faith because of a word. And even Jesus moved in faith was because of a word from the Lord. And watch this. Just because you get a word from the Lord don't mean you won't meet resistance. All of these men of God were, were moved into faith by a word from the Lord. And many times we believe because we got a word from the Lord, oh, he's, he's my refuge. He's my help and a uh, my present help in a time of trouble. And we think because we found ourselves in a secret place that we won't meet resistance. These men of God were moved by a word from the Lord. And God, watch this, still orchestrated resistance to come their way. I don't care what God told you. I don't care what God said to you. I don't care what he told you in the midnight hour. If God said it, watch this, expect resistance. Uh, because resistance is his will. And watch this. Here's the good, th here's the, uh, the other piece of this. Resistance, this resistance that even Moses, Noah, and Jesus' faith faced was not of the wicked one. It was the will of the Father. And the problem with too many believers is who faint in faith is because, watch this, we attribute the resistance to the devil and not the Lord's divinity. The reason why many of us faint in this journey called faith because we think, oh, the devil is attacking me. Oh, the devil is doing this. The devil is busy. When we thought God was with us and then we encountered resistance and we attribute it to the devil. Somebody say the devil is a lie. I stop giving the devil so much credit and contend for your faith. Listen, in this season, we've got to be more bold as believers. All right, look, when folk are storming the, the, the United States Capitol building, I've got to start fighting for my faith. When folk are telling me that I've got to get this vaccine to get on a plane, watch this, we've got to start fighting for our faith. When folk is saying, no, they're not worth $2,000 of a stimulus check. Now we're just going to give them six. I need to fight for my faith. If God said he'll take care of you, fight for your faith. If God said that he'll keep you, fight for your faith. If God said he'll do it in your life, you got to fight for your faith. Stop giving the devil so much credit and contend for the faith. I want you to consider something. Consider Moses' journey of faith in Exodus chapter 9. Take that down really quickly. Exodus chapter 9. If you're taking notes, put that in the comment box for me, somebody. Exodus chapter 9, verse 1. Notice this. The Bible said, ooh, here's the good news. The Lord said to Moses, it was a word from God. The Bible says, go in to Pharaoh and tell him, thus says the Lord God of, of the Hebrews. He says this, let my people go that they may serve me. This was a word from God. This one Moses saying, I think I should go set God's people free. No, he got a word from God. So Moses, watch this, went on this journey by faith. But know that, notice this, watch no, verse number 12 of Exodus chapter 9. So this is Exodus 9, verse 12. But the Bible says, but the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not. Why would God 
tell Moses to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And then in verse 12, the Bible says the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Oh, so watch this. This resistance that Moses faced was the will of God. Oh, some of y'all getting bent out of shape because you faced resistance. You moved in faith. I done heard God. God told me to start this business. Oh, but they don't want to give me the business loan. Oh, this can't be God. I thought God was with me. Maybe that resistance, watch this, was the will of God. God told me that this was supposed to be my wife, and she giving me all kind of drama. And you don't feel like you got got time to work through it. Maybe God did not. Maybe that resistance was the will of God. God told me to take this job and not folks slandering my name. You encounter the resistance, and maybe that resistance was the will of God. Moses encountered resistance, and that resistance, watch this, was orchestrated, ordained, and ordered by God. Oh, the same God that told Moses to move in faith was the same God that made resistance come his way. Oh, and watch this. If you can't handle resistance, then you will never receive the Lord's will for your faith. Did you hear what I just said? We've got too many believers that never receive what God wants to do in their life by faith because you don't know how to handle resistance. You know, when, when, when something comes in your journey of faith, you fall a lot. You don't get all bent out of shape. You got to have seven, ten folk praying for you. And God says, get your butt up and contend for your faith. Huh? Here's the first thing is I want you to know God's will for our faith is that we encounter resistance. Now let's look at verse number three. Verse number three says, knowing that the testing of your faith, and that's really verse 3a. I want to stop there. Knowing that the testing of your faith, testing of your faith. Uh, God does not allow your faith to encounter resistance to run. He ain't trying to get you to run. Watch what God is trying to do so that your faith might be refined. So here's the second thing that I want you to know. God's will for your faith is that you endure refinement. He wants your faith to be refined. Put that in the comment box for me. He want, God wants my faith to be refined. Therefore, it is the Lord's will that our faith endure refinement. Hear, hear this. One Greek translation of the word testing in our foundational text means approved. In other words, the Lord's will is that our faith be found worthy. The, the critical question you got to ask yourself, maybe if, if the stuff ain't manifested in my life like I want it to, has God found your faith worthy? Oh, every step of the way, every step of faith that I take, I want God to look down and say, Keith Bab, your faith has been found worthy. Oh, has your faith been found worthy? Because a faith, watch this, that is not refined is a faith that is not received by God. Did you hear what I just said? And this is why resistance, encountering resistance is so critical. Because every time I encounter resistance and I don't let that be the death of me, I don't let that be the defeat of me. Every time I get over that level of resistance, God says your faith now has been refined. And when it's refined, God says your faith now has been found worthy. Think about this. I I talked about how Moses went by faith and the Bible says that um, God, the Lord, hardened Pharaoh's heart. Every time God hardened Pharaoh's heart, Moses stepped moving by faith. 
Every time God would tell Moses to go to Pharaoh, Moses kept going. Even though it looked like Pharaoh's heart would never change, Moses moved by faith. And watch this. Every time he moved, despite the resistance, his faith was refined. And God says, I found your faith worthy. The critical question is, we got to ask ourselves, is our faith worthy? Has it been refined? Because hear this. I want y'all to hear me and hear me good. Because y'all, we, a lot of times we see stuff in the Bible and we think, that'll never happen for me. Watch this. A faith that moves mountains must be a faith that is re refined. You're not going to move mountains if you don't have a faith that has been refined. I can't even get to the place to move mountains. God can't, you, God can't trust me with that kind of faith if you can't even trust God to handle your, your light bill. You're not going to move mountains. A faith that causes all things to be possible is a faith that must be refined. A faith that opens the windows of heaven must be a faith that is refined. Listen, I want y'all to know, folk told me that I was too young to pastor. I had to have another level of faith that God might say, I found your faith worthy. Watch this. Folks even thought that maybe y'all too young to get this kind of building. I know it ain't all that to some folk, but it's all that to me. I wanted God to find my faith worthy. Listen, I know God done spoke some stuff over my life, but watch this. If I never keep allowing my faith to be refined, I'll never receive the greater things of God. I want my faith to be in a place where it moves mountains. I want my faith to be in a place where the windows of heaven are opened up. I want my faith to be in a place where all things are possible. And watch this. If you want that too, your faith has to be refined. That means if nothing, watch this, hear this, and hear me good. I ain't trying to get on y'all, but I want our faith at, an, at, at another level. That means if nothing is moving in your life, if nothing is manifesting in your life, and if no miracles are ever evident in your life, then we may need to examine the worthiness of our faith. I, I don't, I don't want to read a book that never becomes life to me. I want to see, I want to receive. The Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. And if they're going to be yes and amen for me, then my faith needs to be refined. Has your faith been refined? And, and here, here what, how do I know this? This is why throughout the Gospels, you find Jesus rebuking believers. I want y'all to hear me. Rebuking believers, not sinners, with these words. Oh, you of little faith. He always kept saying, you of little faith. He was rebuking believers. And this phrase, little faith in the Greek, is referred to one who does not fully receive the Lord's command to walk in faith. In other words, a faith that is unwilling to be refined. Some of us say, God, that's too much. God, I'm not equipped for that. God, I can't handle that. God, you're asking me to do something that's outside the means of my ability. That's why we got to have faith. And God is saying, every time I ask you to do something that seems too far-fetched, every time I ask you to do something that you don't feel like you're equipped to do, God says, if you just can walk in a yes, God says, I'll refine your faith. And hear this, the degree of your reward is dependent upon the degree of the refinement of your faith. Did y'all hear what I just said? The degree of the reward that I will receive by faith 
is dependent upon the degree that I allow my faith to be refined. And the reason why many of us are not seeing the great things of God, are not seeing the miraculous things of God, is because we're unwilling to allow our faith to be refined by God. Oh, I want my faith refined. Watch what Paul prays for believers in, in Thessalonica with these words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. Notice what he says. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. The Bible says, Paul says, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect, watch this, what is lacking in your faith. Because despite what you believe, your faith can lack. And where there is lack in your faith, you limit what the Lord can do with you, what the Lord can do through you, and what the Lord will do for you. Why? Oh, did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever there's lack in my faith, when my faith is not refined, I limit what God can do in me, through me, and for me. So watch this. I want y'all. Some of us need to stop limiting God, the God you say you serve. And you limit God by not allowing your faith to be refined. So somebody may be asking, how do I endure this refining? I know that's, that's probably a difficult, you know, I know what you're saying, Pastor Keith, it sounds good, but how do I endure this refining? It's our ability to know this, that the resistance of our faith is designed for the refining of our faith. But whenever I can catch that revelation, then the refining of my faith is made easy. This ain't the devil, but this is God's will. When I know that this resisting, resistance that I'm facing is the will of God, I can endure refining. Uh, and I said this last week about these men, these four men that, that, that um, did not, were unable to see Jesus, but they broke through the roof knowing that God was on the other side. I've got to know that in the face of resistance, God is on the other side. The old saints used to say, we, we going to run on and see what the end going to be. We, we, we need to start sitting down with the old saints. The old saints said it was with a level of confidence. We're going to run on and see what the end going to be. Watch this because they knew that God was on the other side. They run on by faith. They run on in faith and they run on with faith. No matter what comes our way, we must run on. Because it's the Lord of, um, Lord's will that our faith be refined. So hear this and I'm all, almost out your way. I want y'all to understand this thing called faith. Because many of y'all, y'all think faith is about getting you a little job, getting you a little boo. And the reason, and when it don't come, you fall out of the race. All right? Faith, God's will for our faith. Hear this, is that you always encounter resistance. Somebody say it's not going to be easy. And hear this, it's, it's always God's will, watch this, that our faith endure refinement. And here, watch this, the latter portion of verse 3 says this, it produces patience, produces patience. A faith that perseveres is a faith that produces. Oh, I don't know about y'all, but I want my faith to produce. So if a faith that perseveres is a faith that produces, what am I trying to say? It should be our desire that our faith produces. And even more, watch this, it's the Lord's desire that our faith produces. In other words, it's the Lord's will that produces an expected response. Uh, did y'all hear what I just said? Here's my third point. God, God's will for our faith is that it produces an expected response. There should be an expected response by way of our faith. Notice what our foundational text says, that the testing of your faith produces patience. This means that our faith should always have a response. 
So the critical question we must ask ourselves is what's the response of my faith? What am I trying to say? In the face of, a, of attack, how does your faith respond? In the face of adversity, how does your faith respond? In the face of agitators, how does your faith respond? What does your faith produce? God is looking, watch this, for an expected response. Uh, watch this. A faith that encounters resistance and a faith that endures refining should produce an expected response. And a good litmus test for the authenticity of your faith is the response of your faith. Listen, this is how I, folk love to say that I got faith in God. Folk love to say that I'm walking with God no matter what come my way. Folk love to say, I don't care what happened. I'm going to walk with God by faith. We love to say that. But a good litmus test for the authenticity of your faith is watch this, the response of your faith. Stay with me. Watch what Paul declares in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. The Bible says, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith. Uh, some folk, I just need to know you. Listen, stop getting, in, stop getting in business deals with folk that you don't know their faith. Stop trying to do stuff with folk and start ministries and you don't know their faith. Paul said, when I couldn't even endure it. I wanted to come see you that, that I might know your faith. Watch this, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you. And that your labor, our labor might be in vain. Paul wanted to know the authenticity of the, of the faith of those in Thessalonica. So he needed to know, watch this, the response of their faith in the face of the tempter. And watch this, as we mature in our walk with God and our walk in faith, our desire should be that our faith responds differently. Oh, when I mature in my walk with God and my walk in faith, my faith should respond differently. I know you, when you first got saved, your, your faith ain't respond like it should. But at this point in your walk with God, it should respond differently. As I mature, God's called for me to sacrifice. I should respond differently. As I mature, God's called for me to serve. I should respond differently. And as I mature, God's called for me to make supplication. I should respond differently because for many, watch this, there was a time when fear was our response to sacrifice. I don't know about y'all, but when you're, when you're young in your faith and God says, I need you to put this down so that you can do this, we, many times we respond in fear. There, there, were, there was a time in our faith when God says, I need you to serve, and you feel like I don't have the ability to do that, and we responded in fear. There were times where God says, I need you to make supplication and pray for somebody, and I've never prayed out loud, and we respond in fear. But at some point, there should be an expected response to my faith. My faith should respond differently because as my faith matures, so should my response. Even more, watch what Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul doing, giving us a lot of wisdom this morning. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. The Bible says, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly. Huh? In other words, there's an expectation that our faith uh, um, should grow. The, the Bible says, if it is fitting. Therefore, so should the response of our faith. Yo, God. <laughs> There's an expectation on my life that I need to grow in faith. If at one point I didn't know how I was going to let these friends go, I should get to a point in my walk when I know somebody's not good for me that I can leave them alone. 
My faith should respond differently. I know there was a point. Watch this. I lost my job. I want to say it was back in 2015. And I was the, um, um, I, I was the sole, um, I, I, the sole onus or burden of the bills over my house were on me. Oh, y'all got to stay with me. And, and so, so I was in a position where I had, they gave me a little severance pay, y'all. And I'm like, okay, God, I, I appreciate the severance pay. But what am I going to do next? So I started applying for jobs, knowing that I pay the mortgage, knowing that I pay the light bill, knowing that I pay the water bill, knowing that I pay um, our security bill, knowing that I pay all of that. I said, God, what am I going to do? And then I, I, I found this one job that I thought was real good for me. I said, oh, I'm qualified for this thing. I know I'm going to get it. They done gave me an interview. I walked out of that thing confidently, y'all. Like everything's going to be well. And watch this. I never got the call back. And God moved in such a way that I could walk, walk, walk into watch this full-time ministry. That's my current job that I do in, in the secular, y'all. Not, not for the church. I'm not full-time yet. But God allowed me to walk in full-time ministry. So watch this. You think the next time that God presents me with that kind of challenge that my faith is going to wane or fail? No, my faith has grown and my response should grow as well. As God, watch this, the Bible says we go from faith to faith. If God moves you from one, one encounter, God moves in your life from one instance, your faith and the response of your faith should be different. It is the Lord's faith will that our faith have an expected response. What's the response of your faith? And hear this, I want to be on my, on my child way. Too many believers have desires that we want to manifest by faith all while negating the Lord's desires for our faith. We got too many folk with personal desires for our faith. We don't think about God. We don't think what God wants us to put our faith in, but we want faith for the million dollars. We want faith for all this, this big old house, but is it the Lord's will? That's a good question. The Lord's desire for our faith must be priority and take precedence in our lives. Watch this. If not, Here's the sad news. Our faith will always be in vain. I know you want to be a millionaire. I know you want you to have your own business. I know you want to be a prophet to the nations. I know all of that. But if it's never God's priority, his desire is never his, your priority and precedence, then your faith will always be in vain. In vain. You will always wait on that call for the nations, and it will never come. Because if it's not the Lord's will for your life, it will always be in vain. Because the Lord has a sovereign will Five faith. This is why a lot of folk done ran out of churches. A lot of folk done got mad at prophets and mad at God. Because somebody done gave you a word and that word was not from God. And you put all of your faith in it. And your faith, watch this, was in vain. Because the Lord has a purpose for our faith. And there's purpose found in faith. And if it's the Lord's will for our faith is never manifested, then neither shall purpose be found in faith. And watch this. I want us to consider verse number four of our foundational text. Notice what the text says. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This means it's the Lord's will that believers wait in faith with patience and peace. Did y'all hear what I just said? At some point, if I'm going to operate in faith, I want to have a level of patience and peace. So here's the other Lord's, the, the Lord's will for our faith, is that we enter in and experience rest. One of, the, one of the saddest tragedies 
I think of believers is that we start walking in faith and then we get filled with anxiety. We start walking in faith and we, we feel like, oh, God ain't going to do it. And we start walking in doubt. And God says, my will for you when you're in faith is to experience rest. I, I, I want to get to a place where when God says he's going to do great and mighty things in my life, no matter even if it don't look like that in the natural, I'll experience rest. Even when what God says does not line up with the doctor's report, I want to enter into and experience rest as I wait in faith. Oh, I, that, 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 I love, you know the saints that have another level of faith because no matter what, what it looks like on the outside, no matter what it looks like in the natural, they experience rest. Ah, ah, we should enter into the rest of God as we move in faith. No matter what the Lord says concerning me, no matter what the Lord commands concerning me, and no matter what the Lord declares concerning me, we should desire rest. No, watch this, no duration will move us. I don't matter, it don't matter how long I have to wait. No declaration will move us. I don't care how big it seems. And no device of the enemy will move us, no matter what the enemy plots. I want to enter into and experience rest. Resting, know that God is who he says he is. Resting, knowing that if God said it, I know he'll do it. And the resting, watch this, knowing that his will for our faith and our will for our faith should be that we experience rest. Oh, somebody put that in the comment box. I want to experience rest. Oh, let us pray. Father, I believe God, that your people can enter into rest. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. God, there's somebody struggling with a doctor's report even now. God, I know you want your will for our faith to be manifested in our lives. God, there's somebody struggling. God, not knowing what tomorrow will hold. But God, let them enter into rest. God, you told us some things that look bigger than what we could have ever imagined. God, we feel like we don't have the resources. We feel, God, that we don't have the ability, God, but, God, we can enter into rest. Knowing, God, that you are who you say you are. Knowing, God, that if you said it, God, we trust you will do it. God, let your people of God have that type of unwavering rest in you. God, we want to wait in faith with a level of patience and peace. But, God, the only way that we'll enter into that place is God, if we accept and acknowledge your will, your sovereign will for faith in our lives. God, we thank you. God, that when you command us to walk in faith, that we'll encounter resistance. And God, hear this, it's not of the devil, but it's because of your divinity. God, it's your will. So God, we know we, you called us to take the job. God, we'll expect folk to get on our nerves. God will encounter resistance. God, we know you told us to start the business. So if the bank tells us no, God, we already knew, God, that we should expect to encounter resistance. God, no matter what you say, as Moses had to encounter resistance, so shall we, for that's your will for our faith. And God, we thank you, God, that our faith will endure refinement. God, we want our faith to be found worthy. God, let our faith be found worthy. Refine our faith, God, we pray. God, we'll endure every battle. We'll endure every encounter. 
God, that our faith might be refined. God, we want you to look down upon us and say that you found our faith worthy. So God, because we've already understand that a faith that is not refined is a faith that is not received by God. We want you to receive our faith. And God, we thank you that we'll always give you an expected response. God, our response, God, will be one that is well-pleasing to you. Help us, God, to walk in your will according to our faith. We love you, God. I pray, God, for every believer that's struggling with the word from the Lord. There's something, God, that you told them to walk in faith. God, you told them, God, that you'll save that, that prodigal son. God, you told them, God, that you'll save that prodigal daughter. God, but it looks difficult. God, you told them, God, that you'll heal them from their iniquities and every affliction. God, you told them, God, that you'll make a way out of no way. And God, we're trying to fathom how you'll do it. But God, I pray, God, that your people enter into rest. Knowing, God, that you are who you say you are. And that you'll do exactly what you said you would do. Let our faith, God, enter into and experience rest. And every heart that believes, everyone that trusts that God will cause them in their faith to enter into rest, said, thank God and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name. I pray that you've been encouraged by these words this morning. I believe God wants to take us, watch this, and I, I believe it's critical in this season that our faith be strengthened. I know, li listen, this stuff look crazy, I hear y'all. And the only people that are going to survive this season are people with great faith. And I pray over the course of this series that we've been strengthened in our faith. And I promise you that God wants you to experience rest in your faith. There may be somebody who's watching who says, I get all of that, but my soul has no rest. I don't have a relationship with the God of faith. And my soul is astray. Watch this. This is a good morning. As long as there's breath in your body, it's always a good opportunity to give your life to Christ. So somebody may be saying, I want to give my life to Christ. I want my soul to have a resting place. And you wanted to have a resting place in eternity. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart. You can be saved. But what am I confessing? You're confessing this. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. So that means I'm confessing that I'm in need of a savior. You know, you got folk that are too proudful to ever say that they need anybody to save them. I'm not too proud to tell God that I need a savior. Somebody saying this morning that you need a savior. You done tried everything else and you realize you can't even save yourself. If you can confess that, you're in a good posture to be saved. And watch this, John 14, 6 says, no man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I not only do I need a Savior, but I need the right Savior. I've got to know that Jesus bore my every sin on the cross. And he got in a grave. And he got up three days with all power in his hands. If you can just believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is that Savior. And what else am I confessing and believing? The Bible says even the demons believe. 
So it's not enough to believe that there's a God. It's not enough to believe that there's a Savior. But too many folk don't give their lives and let Christ lord over their lives. Demons believe, but they don't allow Christ to lord over their lives. If you can confess this morning, I want God to lead me. I want Christ to lead me. As, 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 as I see somebody else following Christ, the Bible says, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I want to follow Christ in that manner. If you can confess that and believe that you're saved this morning, you've made the best decision of your life, and I want to pray with you. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the one that has come. And here's the good news, Lord, that heaven rejoices when, in, when only one repents. Well, this morning, God, one has declared, God, that they desire to repent. They've confessed with their mouth, and they believed in their heart that you are Lord. And that, God, not only that you are Lord, but that you, they're going to allow you to lord over their life. For that, God, we say thank you. God, keep them, cover them. Be a refuge for them, God. Because I was sharing this with my wife. When the enemy has had us for so long, he doesn't want to let us go. Cause them to know, God, that there's still a great battle ahead. But here's the good news. That the king of glory is strong and mighty. He's mighty in battle. So, God, if we walk with you, God, we've got a God that is never defeated. Let them rest in that, God, we pray. We honor you and thank you for their life now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm so glad that you gave your life to Christ. If that's you, send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. We want somebody to follow up with you. We want somebody to touch base with you and want to connect with you so that we can help you walk along this journey called faith. And there may be somebody who's saying, I want to join this church. I've never, I've never been inside the four walls of this church, but I've been listening. I've been chiming in. Pastor Keith, your word has been helping me. The worship has been blessing me. And there's something about this house that I need to connect to. We'd love to connect with you as well. If you want to join this church, send us an email at churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Hear this. God is still progressing, even in the midst of a pandemic. And we'd love for you to join and progress with us in this local assembly. So send us an email and somebody will connect with you. Hear this, I'm, I'm looking for my assistant pastor, y'all. I don't see him. And my wife, and I don't see her. So watch this. I'm going to do the announcements and I'm going to benedict because they doing something. I don't know what they're doing. They probably doing church business. Hey, here's what I want you to know. Come February, our poor groups are starting again. So be on the lookout for communication from your poor group leader. We're going to start the first week in February. It's our small groups here at the Way Church. And we're going to talk about defeating anxiety. I believe a lot of folk have anxiety in this season. So we're going to be talking about how do we defeat anxiety. So I want you to be connected with a small group. We're not doing Bible study, but we're going to stay in our small groups virtually. So if you want to connect with us and you haven't been in a poor group, send us an email to churchoffice at waytemperbay.org. We'll get you plugged in so that you can start with us come February. But be on the lookout for communication from your poor group leader and we'll get you connected. Amen. The other thing that I want you to know is we're going to start our monthly prayer line calls. We're calling these altar calls. Here's my desire, is that we pray by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit in prayer. And that we lay all on the altar. All right? The Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. So we're going to have our what we call altar calls. Every first Monday of the month, 
starting in February, we're going to have our monthly prayer line calls. We're going to be led by intercessory prayer teams. And watch this, I'm going to kick it off. I believe that every pastor who pastors should be a part of the intercessory prayer team. The pastor should be the chief intercessor. I pray for all of y'all, so I'm going to lead that first one. I want as many of you guys to join, so if you're available, the first Monday in February at 7 p.m., we'll have what we're calling our altar calls. The details will be in this week at the wait email. The other thing that I want y'all to know is that we're going to have a school supply drive-by on January 31st from noon to 1 p.m. We want to be a blessing to our students that are going back to brick-and-mortar schools. So I know some parents say, hey, my baby wasn't going to brick and mortar, so I ain't buy no school supplies. We got y'all. So from January, on January 31st, from noon to 1 p.m., we're going to be set up outside, and all you got to do is drive by. All right? We'll have school supplies for students. So if you have school-age students that are going back to brick and mortar and they need school supplies, January 31st, at, from noon to 1 p.m., come for our school supply drive by. I believe that's all the announcements that I have for this evening or this morning. The other thing is, hey, I want you guys to, you've been so faithful. Thank you so much for your commitment um, to sowing into this ministry. So grateful for it um, that we may not be meeting here physically, but you guys have remained faithful um, to the few things. And I watch this. God says when you're faithful over a few things, he'll make you rule over much. I thank you for your faithfulness. Continue to be faithful to your offering. And if you'd like to give, there's several opportunities for you to give here at the Way Church of Tampa Bay. You can go to our website at waytampabay.org. In the top right-hand corner, there's a giving link. If you click on that, you can give securely through PayPal. So you can go to our website and give that way. You can also give through Cash App. So we done got a little technology, um, technology savvy, y'all. So you can give through Cash App. Our cash app is dollar sign, the Way Church of TB. So if you want to give in that manner, you can give in that manner as well. And you can also, email, you can also mail your gift in. So we have a P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 280-003, Tampa, Florida, 33682. So listen, give online through our website, give through cash app, and then you can also mail in your gift. I love y'all. I adore y'all. I miss y'all so dearly. Hey, there's a leadership meeting for leaders. Be look on the lookout for that email as well. That should have already went out. But I love y'all. Tune in again on next week's Sunday. And then also, if somebody hasn't seen this message, share it with them. Because I believe this is a season that's critical for our faith. Let me bend a dick and you can go about your way. Father, we thank you. We honor you, God, for your presence in this place. Thank you, God, for the worship that has went up this morning. We pray, God, that it has been pleasing in thy sight. God, I pray this word now that has been poured out into your people has fell on good ground. God, let it be planted in them, rooted in them deeply. And God, let it produce a harvest a hundredfold. Father, your people need faith for your word declares the just shall live by faith. God, let us be strengthened in our faith in this season. For it is faith that shall keep us. We honor and we love you. And God, although, God, we may leave this place, be it virtually, God will never leave your presence. And for that, God, we are forever thankful. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I love y'all, and I pray y'all have a wonderful afternoon.
I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.